As we begin today's broadcast, we do so beginning a brand new series here in the book of John. Life forever in Jesus Christ. Join us. Written that we might believe and that we might have everlasting life. According to John, chapter 20 and verse 31, that is what this marvelous book is all about. And that is the journey we begin today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Hi there and welcome to the broadcast today. We would invite you to join us. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, the necessity of a new life from above. With this edition of Truth For Today, out of the book of John, our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Turn to John 3. I'm doing selected studies as I, next week, will uh, pick up John 3.16. I wanted to do that. And then chapter 4, we'll tie chapter 2 together. There's some great things there. Um, Chapter 1, we've been looking at verses 1 through 18, the prologue. In the rest of that chapter, Jesus uh, reveals five men that uh, put their faith in him. Of course, you had John the Baptist preaching, Nathaniel, Philip, Simon, Peter, and Andrew. And so they, they follow Christ. Chapter 2, he does his first miracle, the miracle of turning water to wine, which is a hint and a clue. I came to change people, and if I can change water into wine, I can take a ruined life and change it into something glorious. Then we come to chapter 3, and uh, the, the rumors are out on the street and even reaching the religious community that there's a different kind of rabbi loose. Uh, he performs miracles. That was an unusual for uh, Jewish religion and people claiming to be Messiah. There was many claims in the 400 years from Malachi to Matthew. Many claimed to be the Messiah, the deliverer, and sometimes would do various kinds of miraculous things. So it's come to the ears of a man by the name of Nicodemus. And this is no ordinary man. This is one of the most religious, uh, qualified uh, quadruple Ph.D. Jewish teachers of the day, and uh, eventually comes to Christ. But we have an interview that's famous here because it's the first place we get this word, you ought to be born again. And this didn't come from Alabama. This comes from John 3, okay? The term born again. I remember when Jimmy Carter went in, uh, the born again movement, who's born again, who's not? So we want to look at this narrative, and uh, we'll just go to verse 15, and three things we want to pick up. The profile of this religious man, uh, and two things. The necessity of getting a new father and a new life, and two, the necessity of somebody paying for it. Just that simple. We'll look at the man's a profile, his resume, and the two necessities. You need a new life, Nicodemus. Two, you need someone to pay for you to have that life because you can't get it free. 
Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was a member of the Sanhedrin, which was made up of about 71 people. The high priest chaired it, and there were 70 other men that made the Sanhedrin, and Nicodemus is on that group. It was the Supreme Court of Judaism at this time. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Very complimentary. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher? And it's a definite article. I mean, it, uh, he is way up. It's not like he is the, the leading spokesman for Judaism and the law at this time. He, definite teacher. You are the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? In other words, you should know this, which hints how come he should know it. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. But if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. The idea is no one has ever had their abode in heaven and lived out there that's come to the earth with this message. Oh, we've got people that claim, uh, you know, Muhammad was supposed to have been told in 600 A.D., the, the vision of the Muslim faith, and others came and claimed God told me so, and Christ said, no one's ever come directly from the face of God to bring a message but me. I'm the only one. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him, used 17 times in this gospel, seven times in verses 11 to 21, that whoever believes in him may have a hundred years from now, eternal life. No, 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 no. May have, when do you get it? I write these things unto you that have believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, that you may know that you have, present tense, possession, eternal life, 1 John 5, 13. Eternal life isn't something you get in the future, it's something you get now, when you get it. Well, let's look at the man's profile. Uh, this is no ordinary uh, Jew. This man's a Pharisee, uh, which was 
he was a leading conservative of his day. Uh, the Liberal Party was the Sadducees, and they were really uh, in the pocket of Rome. They were more politicians than they were theologians, but they were liberals. Uh, they only accepted the first five books of Moses. They denied the resurrection. They denied the existence of angels. So they were the liberal, liberal wing of Judaism, for sure. But Nicodemus is a right winger. He believes the 39 books of the Old Testament. Yeah, he believes in the resurrection. It's the party that Paul the apostle was from. He was a Pharisee. These guys were strict Jews. We'd almost think of them as orthodox, Hasidic, uh, practicing the law as much as possible. I mean, he is the right-wing party. He hasn't sold out to Rome. So very influential. The ruler of the Jews, which meant he was on the Sanhedrin, uh, great influence, great respect, uh, a man of uh, great, great abilities. Uh, he came to Jesus by night. Every time Nicodemus comes to Jesus, it's by night. And it's interesting, in John, John seldom uses the word night or darkness without a spiritual overtone that it was not just physically dark, but it was spiritually dark. He was in the dark. He never came to Christ in John without being at night. Now, some say he came because he didn't want to be seen with this uh, radical rabbi. A and that may be true. But in John's language of light and darkness in this gospel, it always has a spiritual. He came not only at a physical midnight or dark night uh, appearance, but he came still being in the darkness himself. Very loaded with the book of John. He was very respectful to Jesus. He even advocated for him in John 7 uh, that uh, God was maybe with this man. And uh, he, he joins up with Joseph of Arimathea to donate the spices to uh, bury Jesus with. So he, he was impressed with Jesus. He truly was. And respectful. Uh, more than any other of, of the Pharisees. And uh, he gives a profile that the hardest people Jesus had to deal with were those who were so religiously right. Where would you have gone to find God in 30 AD in the Roman Empire? There's nobody else I would have rather talked to than Nicodemus. He could quote me the Psalms. He could quote me Moses. I believe he could quote me Isaiah. Would you want to talk to the pagan religions of Rome and Athens and Greece? Uh-uh. No, no, you're giving this Jewish teacher. He, and nobody on the earth has got more insight than him. If I'm going to talk to someone about God, I want to look up a Jew, and I really would want to get to this man. The astounding thing in the narrative, and Christ never speaks of in a demeaning way to Nicodemus, is that Nicodemus didn't know God like Jesus came to introduce him to. That he was a religious person who did not yet know God. A nice man, a leader. This is no uh, notorious man. This is a man schooled uh, in the law and uh, the Old Testament. This, I, I would just say, let me say this uh, as a sideline. 
One of the worst things, hear me, one of the worst things you can ever do to our Jewish neighbors is treat them like they're already going to heaven. They're not going to heaven because they're Jewish. You go to heaven because you're born again. And the church, I know some in the church, they're in awe of Jewishness. And, and Jewish people and Jewish believers know this. Oh, you're all into, if it's Jewish, it's got to be God. Everything Jewish is God. No, 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 no. What I need, according to 2 Corinthians 3, when the rabbis read the law now, their eyes are veiled because they can't see Christ. They need Christ. Why don't you pray for Jewish people? Why don't you share the gospel and quit saying, oh, oh they'll reject it because they know so much more of the Bible than me. Are you kidding? They're into New Age. They're into Eastern religions. They're a thousand miles from the God of Abraham. But they're dying in the name of the Jewishness, and we got the Torah, we got the law, and I want to say, and you're going to hell until you see Jesus as Messiah. And I say the same thing to a Gentile. But don't put Jewish people so high that you don't evangelize. You're not with me, you're half asleep. And Jewish people know it. And you become enemies of almost Jews for Jesus kind of evangelism. Well, why are you evangelizing your Jewish people? Well, who else is? We can't wait on the church. We're too busy saying they're halfway to heaven already because they're Jewish. No, no, no. They grew up with the law. They grew up. They were a thousand miles ahead of anything as Gentiles ever had. They had the scriptures. They had the prophets. And they missed him when he came. This is the greatest tragedy in history, is that God's precious chosen nation missed the Messiah, and nobody needed a Messiah worse than Israel in 30 AD. They needed him desperately, but they missed him. And so, when you meet religious people, doesn't matter ethnicity, whatever. Well, I, I was baptized at first so-and-so, well, I grew up, oh, you know, and that's why we used to do evangelism on the streets or at the door. If you heard this, soon as you knocked on, oh, no, I'm a Catholic. Uh, and then you just say, well, man, they're covered. No need talking anymore. Or uh, I, I'm a, uh, I go to first mixed up church. Okay, welcome. Uh, as soon as they gave a label, you said, well, mark them off. They're covered. It's like a woman talking to me uh, several years ago. I invited her to the church, and, and she just said, uh, well, well, I want to do you have a gospel choir? I said, well, I hope they are, but I know this much. They've got a gospel preacher. Are you interested in the gospel? Because I know a lot of you growing up on gospel choirs that are going to hell. Because you like the music arrangement. You like the beat, but you don't know what the God we're singing about. You're just there for the arts ministry. Do you like the gospel? So I'm just saying that being religious can be the worst thing that ever happened to you. Because you get so insulated, well, I, my folks baptized me. And like our Catholic friends, uh, I go at least twice a year. Oh, okay, and, but I, I'm covered. Because here's the tricky thing with Catholicism. Baptism covers you to begin. You get justified when you baptize the infant. 
Now their theology says when that child commits their first mortal sin, then they've got to get forgiveness. And guess who's in charge of forgiveness from then on? The church. And so now you need the church's seven sacraments. You need its priest. You need uh, indulgence. You need uh, absolution. You need confession. Other words, we will take you from your mortal sin the rest of the way. And we will even re-crucify Christ for you at every Mass. Because we are the only way that you can get to heaven after the baptism font. Christianity says the church doesn't get you to heaven, only Christ does. And he not only is at the baptism service, he's in with a whole journey. And I'm not dependent on popes, preachers, or councils to get me to heaven. I'm dependent on the one who came to show me God. Christ. Christ alone saves. Christ alone. Not the church. Not the preacher. And I'm going to try to preach this to you today, and you ought to be saved. But you know what's amazing? Uh, lately, I had a, a dream that disturbed me about maybe my grandchildren would be lost ultimately. And it, it took sleep from me. I was in panic about it. Because I have 10 of them and are great. And so I look around at my grandchildren. How many of them, do you ever do this? How many of my, my children? If your children aren't saved, I did that with my girls. Will my grandchildren be there? I could say, well, that's their parents' problem. There's going to be a whole lot of folks, kids, that aren't going to be there. If you think you're sovereign in saving people, just get a seven-year-old saved. You can't get them saved. Only this. Now, Jesus says, Nicodemus, uh, you ask me about the kingdom of God. How can you get in it? Now, remember, this Jewish man under Rome, when he thinks the kingdom of God, he's thinking of the messianic reign of of Messiah. He's thinking of a day when Israel is not ruled by the Gentiles. He's thinking of a day when the tribes of Israel are ruling over the promised land. Uh, he's thinking of a theocratic kingdom that's going to come when the real... He's thinking prophetically, what we talk eschatologically, the future. Uh, the king, I want to know how to be in that kingdom because part of the theology is all Jews except those who apostatize, all Jews were promised to be in the kingdom of Messiah. That's what I want to talk to. He's going to enter into a theological discussion with Jesus, and that's a compliment. Hey, let's discuss theology and about our nation and about all Jews being in the Messianic kingdom. That's what he's talking about. Now watch what Jesus does. Uh, Jesus answered him, verse 3, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, the word again, is used, it's really born from above. It's the word anathen. Uh, the word again would be pollen. It, this word really means, you must be born from above, is what he's really saying. Now, Nicodemus takes it to be repeating a physical birth, but he just totally misses it. You must... If you want to see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus, you must get a life source that comes from the heavens. That's where it comes from. And Nicodemus said, man, I, I can't be born again in my mother's womb. I, I'm becoming probably an old man, probably in his 50s or 60s now. You, you're telling me to go back? 
You know, he's in the uh, gynecology obstetrics ward. He misses it totally. No, no, I'm not talking about that, Nicodemus. I say to you, unless you are born of water and spirit, ought to be a small s, not a capital, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You mean it takes more than being Jewish? It, 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 you mean, you're saying you've got to be born of water, spirit? What in the world are you talking about? And you would be amazed at all the views that have been given this. Some say you've got to be water baptized. Can you imagine telling a Jewish man they practice baptisms, they practice John's baptism, Hebrews 6 said the Jews baptized many, that many baptisms. So that wouldn't have been too new. Not like we do it, but, you know, that wouldn't have been a big shocker. Some say you've got to be born the first time. And they're talking about the amniotic fluid. You've got to be born of a woman. You've got to have a first birth, then you've got to have the second. Well, why command what has already happened? He's already born. He doesn't have to command that. And so he's confused. So the issue is, what does it mean the born from above is the same as being born of water and spirit? Turn with me to an Old Testament prophet named Ezekiel. Any of you ever read Ezekiel? How many read Ezekiel? Good. Ezekiel 36. Talking about the restoration of Israel. 36, 22. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name. I'm going to bless you because I'm kind, not because you deserve it. That's what he's saying. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean from all your uncleanness. Do you think this was water from a pump? No, he's just using the figure of water, to say, I'm going to bathe you. You've gotten defiled in all the um, pagan worship that you've bought into. I'm going to give you a bath, as it were. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to cleanse you. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And watch this. And I will give you a new heart and a new and notice that's a small s. I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my Holy Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Now, Jesus says, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't understand this? You should have known what the Old Testament said. Life Forever in Jesus Christ. That's the title of our series here in the book of John. And we trust our time together today has encouraged you in Christ as we work our way through this wonderful gospel. 
It is our hope and prayer that chapter 20 and verse 31 will come to bear on your own heart and mind, and that you understand why John wrote what he wrote, for the purpose of believing and having life eternal in Christ. To review a copy of today's program or to obtain the entire series, we would ask you to get in touch with us here at Truth For Today, and there are a couple of ways to do so. You can call us at 855-833-9864, or you can stop by our website, valleybible.org, and take advantage of the resource materials that we have posted there as well. You're also welcome to write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, the zip code 94547. And as always, your gifts make a great difference here at the ministry. No matter how large or how small, your financial contributions to this ministry allow us to continue presenting the gospel here on KFAX. As a TFT sustainer, we would also like to pass along your way a quarterly newsletter along with our once-a-year special gift and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional that we have. Again, these are all just simple ways of saying thank you for supporting us financially, realizing that this broadcast is presented daily here on KFAX through your financial involvement as well as your prayerful support. One other note as we close out our time together today, we would like to invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. You can find out all of the details and directions at our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. We thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure to share God's Word with you. And we look forward to the next time when we can do it again here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.